applause and thanks of Dr. Rabbi Kinfi, Rabbi Kinfi, who has been so sweet to our Kihila. Our Shirat David Kihila has opened up the building, the shul, to allow us to be able to come, to grow with an open heart. And so thank you so much. I was silly enough to think this could be hosted in my house. I told That's you. how it was started. I'm like, this is a couple guys I know Shirat David, you know, squeeze yeah, it. I told it's him it's okay. Yeah, I don't recognize a lot of the people here. This is not, this is beyond uh, our house. This couldn't have happened without you. Thank you. This also, Jonah and Joe, could not have happened without you guys going ahead and sponsoring uh, Joe's father, uh, Zev Bell and uh, Yitzhak Isaac. Big, big scoop. And the reason why it's such a big scoop, in my judgment, is because to have these worlds collide of Rav Shlomo and Gedalia is something very unique. I believe that Gedalia very likely, and it's not to make you feel good, is probably the greatest English Jewish teacher we have today for Rev Nachman and on a whole host of issues like depression and addiction and so many issues that we struggle with that come through Torah of Rev Nachman. And the thing is, I don't know why that's the case. I mean, I said this to you in the car. I, Se right. Seven hours I was with him in the car. I mean, look. <laughs> seven hours. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You're, you're not. Yeah. Yes. That says, so, it, that says it all. So if he's a little bit off on this car, seven hours. you'll understand why. It's because I've been really ripping into him. But I'll get on, which I'm going to continue to do now. Which I would say is, I don't know why. Uh, you, you're not a rabbi. Uh, you're, 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 you're a nice guy. And I mean, how in the world you end up being in a position to teach Torah on this level, I have no idea. But I do know that is the case. And what it tells me, and I think everyone else here, is that simple folks, so to speak, have the ability to reach these levels of mindfulness and consciousness and the Torah of Rav Nachman and Rav Chaim Kramer, who where all of this comes from, mm -hmm. BRI. And all of his teachers, all of his books, all of his It's happening, Reclaim. It's really happening, and it's in this form. And so when, when something like this is able to happen, it, it makes all of us have to elevate our game. Sometimes listening to you isn't fun, and it's not pleasurable, and you make me challenge myself. And I don't want to have to be a better person, and I don't want to have to keep saying sorry to my wife. And I don't want to have to go ahead and watch what I eat. And I don't want to have to go ahead and keep taking these challenges. But guess nice. what? It turns out I really could be a better person. And we are a lot better because we have Rishomo. Rishomo Katz is our Rav, a very special Kamila. Wow. This, uh, this isn't a canned intro. This is just the reality. You need to know what it is that you're walking into. We've been under the tutelage of Rav Shlomo for a number of years now. We bar Hashem, just built ourselves a new shul right behind here. But more than that, we're trying to usher in, not just to ourselves, but to our people around us, kind of like you, this idea of light and, and consciousness and being present 
and being able to accept and doing it through Panemius and Torah and trying really, I know it's going to sound nuts, to bring the Geula, like Mashiach. We think we're all that. We think we actually have that ability. And so that's what this is about. This is about the side of light. This is about us being able to try to collect some of that and then go out and spread it. So thank you, Hashem, for pulling this together. Thank you guys again. Dahlia, I just want you to know, started. This is the old, you know, he's here with his family on vacation. And uh, we had a very early morning, and he you know, left his family to be able to come. This is the only place that he's speaking at in wow. Israel. And, and it's not by chance. It's not by chance, because this place is the one that's going to do the work, take the challenge, and be better versions of ourselves. So anyway, <laughs> I hope. Here we go, guys. He definitely gets the tour guide of the year. He's the only non-Moroccan person that can keep me up for seven hours, by the way. With the permission of the Rabbi Kramer. Um, originally, I was not going to book any classes, obviously, because I said this is just for the kids, vacation, etc. And then when I heard Rabbi Shlomo, Rabbi Shlomo, I had to do it. I said, pick me up at 2 o'clock in the morning if we have to. This is, we have to do this. And the reason why I was so inspired to do this class in Lun Shabbat Yerachmiel Diyam Megidalia was was because I heard a, uh, I heard the rabbi's interview with meaningful people, and he just says, "I'm trying to create a community of mindfulness of conscious people." Oh my God! I was like it was like music to my ears that we started finally working on the inside, not so much on the outside, and just hearing that it was so refreshing, and I got such a chizuk for it like. Somehow we have it the opposite. It appears to be that today the, the problem in society is exactly the opposite. Um, nothing's working on the inside, more outside. And when I heard that interview, it was, it was just so refreshing uh, to be able to, to be part of that. And this is exactly what, through Rabbi Kramer's teachings, it's, you know, you get rewarded in public for what you do in private. And this is exactly the private work, the hours you're supposed to do, the hours of of working on Nikudos Tovos with one spouse, the hours, I mean, for me to get to the place where I am, it's hours and hours of private work. The public is just showing up, <laughs> but the majority of the work is just, it's in private. It's not in public. You should know that. And we should all know that lesson also. Today, I think society has it the opposite. A lot of public showing, but privately empty. So what happens? Like a balloon. Blows up, pops, it's over. Not Rab Nachman, not Rab Nachman. And this is what we're here to really uh, get everybody to change. Because you, you won't fall if you have a good foundation. If you have a good foundation, you have a good inner core, it's very hard, hard to fall. But if you don't have that, and you start anything, there's nothing to hold you. And I think just hearing those words of mindfulness and consciousness before labeling and judgment, it was just... It was so refreshing to hear that. And that's why I chose to come here at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna start with the nigrim. This is the way we start our davening every Shabbos morning. And since today is um, the, the 450th word site of the Ariza, so, Mamish today, I would love for us to sing the, we sing based on his words that he said you have to begin davening with, and the words that are also inscribed on his kevin. Wow. 
So, um, I can always see who comes to show on time because this is the nigga we sing, but before we start davening. So, whoever's kind of mumbling is like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
So thank you so much. So I think we should, Rabbi, we should start with some topics. Um, obviously, the number one issue is obviously living in consciousness. Um, this is an area that I, I have personally seen. <clears throat> when people attack an issue in their lives, if they're not attacking it through the right consciousness, if they're not attacking it the right way, they usually don't get the results that they get. For example, trying to go into a relationship with fear. It's going to look like codependency, it's going to look like attachment, it's going to look like reflection. Going to a relationship with trust, it's going to look like reflection instead of projection. It's going to look like trust and space. It's going to, instead of judgment, hearing and listening. So this is pretty much what I try to get people. First, work on yourself. Work on yourself. Get yourself to higher consciousness through letting go of, of, of just smallness, letting go of the ego, letting go of the smallness. And when you rise in higher consciousness, everything changes. Businesses change, relationships change, everything changes. And this is what the, one of the, the, the Torahs that speak to me all the time, I constantly pray every single time. I get stuck in any kind of form of anger, especially Obviously, in the airport in Eretz Yisrael, my patience was, was wow. First, I started saying, first I started complaining, and then I was so grateful, like, oh my God, I have it really easy. I'm like, oh my God, I have it really easy in my heaven. Obviously, there's no question, Eretz Yisrael, the light and the energy and the breath, you can't compare. My, my, you're smarter here, there's a calmness, but obviously nothing comes with the price. But, but just the fact that Rav Nachman says in Lesson 61, the second half of the Kutimaram, God is beyond time and space. And the reason time exists is an absence of consciousness. This is this line I've been repeating over and over to myself. That any single time I get caught up in any anxiety, or get up, get stuck in the past, or just not being in the present moment, it's only due to a lack of consciousness. That means a person who has major anxiety, if he has fear, that's never gonna go away unless he starts adapting a higher consciousness, unless he starts learning bitachon, unless he starts learning. But I've always said this, you'll be anxious to get married, then you'll be anxious to have a baby, and then you'll be anxious to move into a house, and then you'll be anxious for everything. It doesn't stop. If, if the person's anxious. But once you start going into relationships, going into life, and you start developing consciousness, time doesn't bother you at all. And an area where you see this the most in my, in my life is in tefillah, in his bodhidut. When I'm in his bodhidut and I'm in tefillah and I'm enjoying it, well, let's say with Yossi, seven hours in the car, I enjoyed it so much, I didn't realize time happened. I didn't even take a nap. It was just, it was so much energy, it was like time passed by in a minute. But imagine if, who knows who would have put me in the car with for seven hours. I would have been, oh my God, I get out of here. But the fact that time, why did time go, why does time fly when you're having fun? Why does time fly when you're in a good consciousness? It's because you're, you're, you're in a higher consciousness, time doesn't bother you. And today we see, how long am I gonna wait for this thing to happen? How long am I going to wait for this? How long am I going to wait for it? How long am I going to get married? How long am I going to wait to make parnasa? 
is an absence of consciousness. So the desire is actually blocking the thing from coming. Because what happens when we, when we get impatient, we actually create a blockage. And this is exactly what Rav Nachman says, whoever presses the hour, the hour presses him. It's pressed by it. Pretty much we have to find a way in working on how myself I've been working is letting go. For example, I said to this trip, I'm doing nothing but spending time. I'm going to take my kids to the wall. I'm going to just, I'm coming with no expectations. Next thing you know, I was late to something. I met Ronnie Safdie. He took me to Rob Rosenfeld's yard. So the next day, my uncle said, let's go to Rob Shimon by Yechai. All of a sudden, Yossi's pushing me. Next thing you know, come to, uh, come to, uh, come to Hebron. All of a sudden, I came with no expectations. And I was only, only received. But imagine if I had a laundry list. I had to do this. I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, my kids, my wife, but I can't make it here, and I can't make it here, I can't make it here. Next thing you know, I would have walked around in Israel, in such a beautiful country, with anger and upset, and missed the whole point. I missed the whole point. And I said, wow, this is exactly how life shows up to us. We miss the whole point, because we, we have all these expectations, and I have to be here, and I have to be married by this time, I have to make this amount of money by this time. And all of a sudden, this, all this anger and all this anxiety pushes all the brachas from coming to you. So this is where I try to teach people, start letting go and letting God. Let things come to you. Stop making your own. And, and, and Israel was a prime example. Did I think I was going to see Rabbi Shimon very high? No. Did I think I would see Rabbi Rosenfeld and, 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 and Rosenfeld's George uh, Caver? No. Did I think I would be here? No. I, I didn't plan any of this. Because my wife told me, listen, if you plan a class on vacation, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I said, I'm not planning a class. I told you, there's no classes. And there was no classes. And what happened? Here I am in a class. She says, how did, how, you didn't plan it. I said, it just happened. You asked me, can I go at 9 o'clock in the morning to the synagogue? It's not a class, it's just a couple of people showing up. It became a class. But the message is, when you come in with appreciation, and you come in with consciousness, you come with simcha, which simcha is the highest conscious, you're only going to receive. Time is not going to bother you. Because remember, what is time? What does accumulation of time turn into? Anxiety, depression. What does it all turn into? So this is where we really have to master this. When Rav Shlomo says, consciousness, when you fix that, you fix everything else. When you fix that, you fix Shalom Bayad issues. You fix money issues. You pretty much fix everything. But when you don't fix that, then you're just dealing with one bandage, one bandage, one bandage, and one bandage. And that's the thing that Rav Nachman says, we, we, he, he tells us we have to follow the tzaddikim. These tzaddikim are beyond. Teach us the way Rav Nachman says in Tzvilas. Teach us how to constantly follow the tzaddikim that are beyond time. So when I get anxious in prayer, what time is the prayer over? I'm not in the prayer. I'm somewhere else. Because that energy of of, of, I need to be here, I need to be here. It's teaching me I'm not here. So breathe, come back to place. God is beyond time and space. I can't tell you how many singles have told me, well, how can I get married at 35? I said, remove time and space from your head. Remove this age, remove time and space. Go in there feeling abundant. Next year, wedding invitations. But the ones that are pressing the hour, Pressing the hour. They go into relationships with anxiety. They go into relationships nervous. They go into situations nervous. 
And at the end of the day, what do they get? Nothing. They get nothing. And it's pretty scary that we have options. Same thing. You know, it's, it's pretty much the, what the Torah is telling us. The more you look for kavod, the more kavod runs away from you. The more val- look for validation you want, the less people are going to validate you. You know, it's like somebody wearing a dress, spending thousands of dollars on the dress, waiting to get all the compliments in the world. The dress doesn't fit. They have to get retailer. All the headaches, they finally put on the dress, goes to the wedding, gets a couple compliments, 10 dirty looks, how much they spent for the dress, comes home, fights with the date, and that's the end of the story. So just start living in the moment, living in, just try to build, remember, it's not like where the non-Jewish world is telling you be in the moment. Okay, with what? Be in the moment with what? You need that. You can't just be in the moment of what moment? <laughs> what moment? You need, the, the difference between the, the non-Jewish sources, it's, it's not gonna last because it's just, okay, attach yourself to the moment. When I have bitachon, that leads to action, that leads to patience. It's the it's all result of all of this. The emotions of bitachon is trust, release, let go. I don't have to be in the moment because that's who I am. That is already who I am. But when we're just when we're living in fear, and then we all of a sudden hear the power of now, be in the moment. Yes, it's like taking a tic tac. I mean, it'll last the breath milk for two minutes, and then you'll go right back to that situation. But the Torah is telling you God is beyond time and space, and time is only a deficient of your comprehension. So if time is bothering you, the situation is to start learning. I keep on stressing the amount, why we need to do, we, we need to build our consciousness. There's no greater way to get consciousness than through Rav Nachman's teachings. Like there's no greater way to consciousness. So basically, you're basically putting a system in life that if you're not growing, you're going to automatically fall into anything. And I never understood what the, why the Gemara said, a person who's, who has an ability to learn and he doesn't is going to have self trouble suffering. Oh, now I get it. Because you're going to be living in a very low consciousness. And it doesn't matter again. It, it, it's, it's, this is your consciousness is your way of being. When you're in a higher consciousness, you attract things in your life. You don't even have to ask for them. They come to you. I, I, can't, tell you, I, I can't tell you the amount of things that have come to me just by being in a good place. And we have to get there. And we have to get there by working on our simcha, by praying. Like what Nassim says in the Kutah Halachas. You have a problem, it's just like a matzah. You have an addiction, if you fix one addiction, it's going to lead you to another addiction. But only through tefillah can you change yourself. And, and, and the purpose, and believe me, working in recovery centers, the whole purpose of all that pain is to get them to a higher consciousness. What they were really, when they're in higher consciousness, do they need to use? No, they don't need to use. But when you're in low consciousness, you're just fighting to stay sober. The whole point was to get you to a much higher consciousness. If you're just fighting to stay sober, that means it's just behavior changes. So this is why I think Rabbi Shlomo is definitely on the right track <coughs> by giving you these teachings of being in the moment and building that, that wisdom. And it's not, if you're just relying on motivation, there's plenty of YouTube videos out there that will motivate you 
The air is gone. Believe me, I was in that world. I was in that world. Give me, I need to be motivated. <laughs> you need strategy. Learn from a, a tefillah where you're distracted. Hashem, I'm distracted. I'm not in the moment. Teach me how to get back in the moment. Why am I, why am I, why am I trying to control something that, I'm, that I can't control? The, the pain teaches you. Pain teaches you a lesson. That's why you have to stop running away from pain. It teaches you a lesson in life. But you can't get that lesson if you're too busy avoiding it. You can't get that lesson if you're not conscious of what does God want from me in this situation. And if we keep on repeating the same pattern, we start saying, look what God did to me. Look what this one did to me. Look at this. Look at that one. And we become victims. And, and there's no... Once you're a victim, what comes next? Low self-esteem. And what happened to low self-esteem? The whole world's about you. And then what else is next? So this is where I'm just, I was so thrilled to hear that interview, Rabbi Hang. I applaud you for, for leading the Kahala's direction. I want to go back to uh, one word you said. There's a famous teaching, a Hasidic teaching that this Tkufa Mishnichnas Ad Memaatin Besimcha. And the famous Hasidish teaches, bless you, the famous Hasidish teaches, how do you memaet? How do you learn how to become less? Besimcha. Mm -hmm. Right? Mishnichnas Ad Memaatin Besimcha. Beautiful. It's the only way you can learn how to actually make yourself less and enjoy the, the being less. I think a lot of people are on shpilgas to be besamcha. <laughs> like you said before, I'm anxious to do this, then they'll be anxious to do this. Right. So you'll be okay. So I heard Gedalia say, Simcha is the highest state of consciousness that you've been. That's what Gedalia said. So I now I'm on shpilgas to reach this highest state of consciousness of Simcha. So you ever see people, they walk into shul and Zman Simchateinu or on Purim and they're like, Porcine. Yes! You know, it's that. So even Simcha, even Simcha is a whole limud on its own. Now, I, I, I think, system, I humbly think that Simcha doesn't necessarily mean smiling and dancing all on top of hands or whatever. That's not, Simcha is something that's happening with a deeper state of consciousness. It's an internal process that's happening inside that no one in the world can take it away from you, that no one can cause you to doubt it. It's, a, it's one of the most protected, real midot that can transpire in a, person's, in a person's inside. So I was wondering if you're able to direct this a little bit, how you see the practical approach towards this inyan of the real, like, if the Rabbi said mitzvah gedola, liot besantatamid, What's the deal? I once heard from Yishmael and Hashanah that there are a lot of mitzvahs, but there's the tzimchah's a mitzvah gedola. I think on one of the tapes I didn't say it. Everything's a mitzvah, but not everything's a mitzvah gedola. A big mitzvah, right? So how do we, especially in this tkufa that we're in right now, some practical fenster one-on-one on, on these areas. Correct. No pressure. No pressure. I can only tell you from my own experience, one of them obviously is you have to start with humility. Humility, when you have humility, you have an open perspective. A person who's humble 
He's grateful for everything. At the end of the day, if you have humility, you're just going to walk around and be grateful because you're just, you don't think the whole world owes you everything. It really comes down to the real, there's a direct correlation between humility and low self-esteem. When you have low self-esteem, which is not finding your good points, which is the opposite of a zamra, a zamra in reverse is low self-esteem. Because what are you focusing on? Everything that's wrong. Azamra is humility. Okay, I'm not there yet, but I can be grateful for this. And I can be grateful for this. And I can be grateful for this. And we already know that there's no shot that everything is going to go your way. We, we already know that. So if we come with these expectations, and many times, for example, you know, you hear, you see all these videos. I just like to see what's going on in the outside world to just see what, where they're at. Don't be in a toxic relationship. Don't be in this relationship. Don't be in that relationship. Let me explain to you something. You could sign up and you think you're going to get a cookie cutter spouse that's going to exactly be the same spouse you married from day one. You're dreaming. You're not going to get the same spouse. People change. They have to change because the world changes. You might have one mission today. You might have another mission today. So humility means being grateful for finding the good points of myself. Arrogance means nothing is working. Nothing is working. Humility means I have an open perspective. And through that open perspective, what happens? Gratitude. Gratitude is a result of healthy self-esteem because you become humble. And when you become humble, you don't, or you're not self-centered. So therefore, you're always not thinking that everything's about you. Another way I would say, to the first, there's the connection obviously between humility and self-esteem brings you to Simcha, because gratitude eventually brings the joy. The second is the obviously progress in your life, having progress. Um, I, I, I've seen many people, I create many wins. Progress brings you to Simcha. Small wins brings momentum. So if a person has a Seder, he has progress in his life. It doesn't have to be a lot of progress. But progress, when you have progress, you end up having joy. And joy makes you give. So there you go. Giving and growing is another way to have simcha. You can't give if you're not growing. So you need to get out of your comfort zone and start growing in some area of your life. And that will allow you to now give. And if you take practically, dopamine and serotonin is growing and giving. And we're wired to grow and give. We're not wired to sit home and, 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 and think about ourselves all day long. I mean, that's not, it can't be that was the whole uh, deal. You're wired to connect, you're wired to grow, and you're wired to give. So when you're not growing, you can't give. Because you're self-centered. So, you know, this is why the Dafyomi works, this is why we have to hit goals. We, I have a lot of times challenges on my groups, 40-day challenge. I have to meet you where you're at. You know, unfortunately, we have to meet you where you're at. I can't, I'm realistic of where people are at. Not everybody's there. Let's start small. But the minute you start hitting a goal, you hit dopamine. The minute you feel good about yourself, you're going to invest in yourself. But if you're not going to feel good about yourself, if you do not feel good about yourself, you're not going to invest more in yourself. So whether it's, whether it's intermediate fasting, losing weight, or working out, just to create some, some momentum. 
And that momentum creates motion. And motion continues to stay in motion. But when you wreck, things that, things that stay don't move. So you have to find a way to challenge yourselves, get out of your comfort zone in one area of your life, through, maybe through his bodhidut, that's enough of a challenge, or through, I mean, that's, that's a world of its own, his bodhidut. Or through maybe physical, losing weight, getting more energy, or we had, a, uh, you know, waking up at head salt one day a week. Something to break the habit of just being, just being here, just doing. That's the key. And what I've seen is, it starts with the guy doing the 40-day challenge, people fixing his pigama brit. Next thing you know, he feels good about himself, he gets the right job, he attracts the girl, and I get a wedding invitation. <laughs> but the momentum started, that you have to create goals. It could be dafyomi, it, it could be something. Something you have to create some kind of momentum in your life. And this is where Ramnachman's whole thing is, Azamra is all about finding good, focusing on good. Momentum, momentum. So growing and giving is one way. Another one is, is humility. Humility leads to gratitude. So those two ways I would say uh, I would recommend as much practical. And again, you can't, there's no excuse for those two either. <laughs> so you have to recognize that. Right, what are you going to say? I don't want to grow and give. <laughs> I want some tiny way. Too bad. You have to do something. God will bless you in everything you do. So you have to physically do something. You can't just sit and wait for happiness to come. Or come to America, be with uh, Biden. He'll make you happy. <laughs> we can talk now a lot about American He can't hear, he can't hear. <laughs> I'm free, I'm free right, here, right? Free. Okay, good. Yeah, but this, these devices reach I couldn't, I couldn't kill us. <laughs> I'm very open. <laughs> that was a shame. Um, I was... First of all, I hope we have a chance in the future that you come and spend Shabbos with us to get that uh, experience with us. Um, I'm getting momentum, Rabbi. You're getting momentum. So are we. Um, one of the things that we're consciously working on in, uh, in Shul is realizing that we're in Shul. Um, is realizing it's supposed, it's supposed to be a synthetic, it's supposed to be a very nice thing. Like when you walk into a shul, you say, Matovu Alecha Yaakov, Mishkin Atecha Yisrael, every shul. And I was diving recently in a place, the first thing they greeted me was, Asur Daber Bishat Atfilah. Right? It's forbidden to speak during davening. Can you imagine, like, what that, like, oh, Matovu, like, that's my intro to Matovu Alecha Yaakov, Mishkin Atecha Yisrael. So if there's ever a little bit of, you know, not, a little bit of schmoozing in by us, so we, we always stop and we make a point to say, no, chabe, mutar ledaber b'shat atfilah, tzrichim ledaber b'shat atfilah, aval lemi, meaning the, the awareness, is not, it's not an Indian of, if I'm greeted by a sign that says, asur, I'm not going to go and find my asamra, I'm not going to go, nothing's going to drive me to find there, oh, where else is asur in me, where else is asur? Afuch. It's directing your consciousness. So that leads me to. I also have many, many things I want to, I want to ask you, I want to bring up with you. Um, how does one. 
like you said, once the, once it's there, once I realize, okay, I'm in the I'm shifting the Beit Hashem for Yemei Chayai. I'm in a Beit of Hashem. I'm in a I'm in a space of Kodesh Baruch I feel like uh, one of the major breakthroughs, one of the revolutions that's that's happening. It, it's it's growing more and more. And I do want to just mention my Rebbe Reb Moshe Weinberger Shlita in Lubna, who's um, transformed. He's, he's transforming. He's transformed the consciousness of what a Beit Hashem is, wow. um, especially out there. And anyone that knows that you know, we mentioned we mentioned what's going on there for quite some time. I don't know. I I I, I, I listened to the one interview about your. Your, your background, and uh, I don't think you grew up going to to, to, to shuls. And as a someone that's about tshuva, I would say that's working on consciousness. I'm sure there aren't that many shuls that you walk into and you're like, hmm, this is this is the point. This is what it's all about. On the other hand, there's an inyan that many of us here grew up with yesodot. We grew up with things. We grew up religious. We grew up with certain notions that are kavua, they're, they're fixed in us. And this is what we knew, this is, this is what we were told, this is how we, what we were showed. And there's tension between those two places of masoret, of what I know to be the way that I was raised, what I was, you know, got with myself, well, how I was, what was given to me. And then I, you know, Rabbi Nachman comes and just explains the Balatanya, and all of a sudden they come and just, they, they say to me, don't be mad at anybody, but I don't think you, you understood that the point of going into a Beit Hashem is not to see a sign that says, Asur the Bishabatvina, but rather as Bonishma Mayeshtahid. Let's there should be a voice, you know, a sign that says, Come and let's hear what you have to say during Shabbatvina. Sometimes shifts in consciousness can be simple, like buttons, it's simple shifts. It's not only very big. Decision making. Sometimes, sometimes on the mi'ut level, it can be like a little bit of a just I'm you know, you know I just change my direction. I'm already going in the right direction. So I want to know if you could speak a little bit about certain like more of shifts of consciousness that have to do with like moments of recognizing things, but that aren't massive explosions in my life because hey, Baruch Hashem, we we we're married, we have children. We're part of a bigger organism than just me, and I want to be sensitive to my surrounding as well, to my family, to my greater spiritual family, to Am Yisrael. I think we all have a Yitzhahara to, to judge. It's part of our nature. Um, you know, when we don't feel good about ourselves, you know, I always gave this example. I can get into an argument with somebody in the morning, and next thing you know, if I don't deal with that energy, where am I taking it out on? I'm taking it out on my employee. So my employee will walk in 15 minutes late. What am I going to say? What do you think? You own the company? Come in whenever you want. Right? Like an Israeli valet style. Go ahead, I take the keys, you know. And then what? And all of a sudden my secretary will, where is she going to take it on? Her husband's going to say, let's, let's go to lunch. If you made more money, I wouldn't be working here. Well, he asked us to go to lunch. And then the husband's going to play with the, with, the, with, the, with the son playing baseball. What is going to tell him? I don't have time. Can't you make some friends? 
What did the kid do? He's asked his father to play baseball. And then the, the kid's going to come home and throw the ball at the cat, at the dog. And the dog's going to bite the cat. Okay. If, if you just see this parallel, we, when we don't have, when we're not, we're not feel, we don't feel good about ourselves, and we don't have this ability to do it, we don't have to feel it, what do you think you're going to do? Who's the next person that's going to get all my stress? And, and, and the worst is when you see this in marriage, is a person projecting and not reflecting. I, I, it's, and a lot of people have had a bad experience of bad spiritual, bad religious food poisoning. They go into a synagogue, and I'm dealing with this personally on a personal level. I family members, you know, they, one person walked in, they weren't dressed, whatever, my cousin of mine, she came in for the holidays, she comes once a year, a cousin of mine. So the lady says, you're not, cover your shoulders. Throws her a thing. Oh, now I got my excuse never to come back. There you go. So I said, listen, if you have a bad case of food poisoning, you're never gonna eat again. You had a bad case of food poisoning. But when you don't feel good about it and you get insulted in those situations, you throw in the towel. So this is why Chabad has done, <laughs> you, got, you gotta give it to Chabad. There's no judgment. So when we don't feel good about ourselves, we take, you know, I've gone to synagogues where the guy made a mistake, we'll throw tomatoes at the guy. It's just, there's no, there's no, there's no, no thinking. It's just, just yeah, people, have, people do not know how to get rid of their negative energy. So they just dump it on whatever it is. All you're doing is, it's called displacement of energy. And this happens to us. When we're not having the best day, what do we do? We snap on our kids. We snap on people. We, we do this all the time. I know I do it, but I, I try to say, okay, I need 10 more minutes of his body to do it on my moodiness. But we, we don't know how to get rid of this energy because we don't spend time. We just carry the energy, dump it on somebody else, they dump it on somebody else, and what do you expect? Okay, you're in a synagogue, but you're holding anger. You're holding anger. You know, one of the things that changed from Nachman had a Torah, he says that there's three things that you need to have perfect tefillah. Three things. The first thing, is you need to have faith. Second thing is you need to have Shemirat the Brit. And the third thing is you cannot despise somebody else. You cannot throw bloodshed. And he says in that Torah that if you have those three things, you will get healed where you will not need a doctor. You will be healed with bread and water before the illness comes. Wow! I mean, can you imagine you don't even need medical insurance. Your tefillah, because your tefillah is the one feeding all the worlds. So I say to myself, sometimes I come in early, oh, look at this guy, he's coming in at 11 o'clock after the beat. We judge. We do that all the time. So I have to care, oh, oh, who are you to judge? Well, you, you weren't even in the prayer 10% of the time. It teaches you, we are, we're all going to judge. We, we are, <laughs> it's in part of us. It's what the Yetzirah does. The ego makes us judge all the time. I don't think there's a person that, could, that doesn't judge. But catch yourself. Catch yourself. So this is an area where people don't catch themselves. So I know, if I'm judging this guy, my tefillah is going nowhere. Oh, uh-huh. Consciousness. Watch what you're saying. Who are you to judge? 
And that, you should know how many times I have to correct myself with this. I would say, over and over and over. It, it, remember, it, just because you have a bad thought doesn't mean it's your thought. It's a heart gives you the bad thoughts, your ego gives you bad thoughts. What you have to do is reject it or, don't, or let it go. But the minute you start judging another person, what happens? You're, 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 it's affecting your tefillah. So this is why before we pray, there's a reason why you say it, to get you in that mindset of, hey, hey, you're about to pray, no judgment. Because that can be a, that can affect the whole tefillah. So that's something where I'm very lucky to have a very wonderful community in my Harbor Islands, is where you just, not everybody's affiliated, but there's one common bond, love. There's no tzinakinanda, everybody loves each other, and, and, and you, you can just see the energy. And other places, you know, unfortunately, it's, but they don't see it as a problem. They, they add more chumrot, more chumrot. Instead of adding love, more, more. And, 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 and say, I'm not a rabbi, obviously, but I can see there's a system broken. And we're losing young kids, we're losing kids to, to bad experiences. And this is something that we have to work on. But if you just have those two things, the reason why you say is to save you from judgment. You can't love and judge somebody at the same time. And the second thing is to recognize that can, be, that can affect your prayer. Is spilling blood. Spilling blood means thinking that I'm better than them, insulting them. That's a form of spilling blood. So that's, that's what I use personally uh, to get myself in that zone. No, just just we, yeah, just shmuzim. Maybe we could take some questions from the guy. But that's that's something that I have personally. Um, another thing that I, you know, we, we, this is a, a common thing theme today that we, we constantly see is the concept of amuna, right? Amuna is a is a big topic today. And Reb Nachman says, in again, quote Rabbi, if I make a mistake on any of the lessons, please please correct me. You should know that. Because of Rabbi Kramer's books is why we're here today. Uh, there's nothing to talk about. Because of his books, BRI, I personally am I'm pledging that I could take his organization to the next level, both Ruchnius and Gashmius, and I hope because there's nothing but gold in those books. And what Rabbi Nachman said in, in the book, Lakutim Moran, and he said it, I believe, in the book Sadik, that if, if a person will, will know Lakutim Moran, will have knowledge of the Kutim Aran, he'll see everything in the world in the Kutim Aran. And you, you pretty much see it. You see everything in the world, oh, it's in the Kutim Aran lesson here. So anything where I see like the Jordan Petersons, or I see the Tony Robbins, or I see all of these speakers, I already, ta- I already know the Torah he's talking about. But what we try to do is we use different language for that. So the world today, you could see is, is, is stuck on, 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 on a lot of intellect. Rav Nachman says the only way to get to know God is through faith. Now he says the only way to get to God is through faith. And faith and the soul are one. In another lesson. So, you know, we, we, we talk about practically, you see this all the time. I want to be my soul state. I want to be my soul mate. I want to be this, I want to be this. Like I said, it's not a Jamba Juice or Soul Cycle. It's having a Muna. 
There's no greater way to feel connected to your Creator and to feel abundant and to feel like you're, you're, you're connected in this world than having faith. Number one is because you can't have emuna just on an intellectual level. This is why people, they have such a hard time with it. They want to control everything. It's a control. I want, I want certainty. I want to know exactly why. And it's exactly the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. And the reason why we have all these, we want to be so certain and controlling, is because we have a lot of fear. We're insecure. If we weren't so insecure, we would go all in an amuna, And we would see tremendous amount of growth. Our sages tell us, a person of faith has abundant blessings. What language do you want to hear that in? A person of faith has abundant blessings. What's there to talk about? Why can, I, why can we not be inspired by those words? Are those words not enough to say a person of faith has abundant blessings? So when, you're, when you recognize this, is all I have to work is on my Buddha. Why am I so insecure? Why do I have so many fears? And when you get to that Amuna state in your life, you will see everything grow in your life. But without Amuna, that person, my parents caused me to not be successful. My husband's making me miserable. Anytime you blame an individual, a person, a situation, and do not believe this comes from God, and guys, I'm a modern person. I'm a practical person. I'm not telling you something out of the box that's ridiculous, that's you're crazy, how could you be so... No, this is the only thing that works. So I, the things that have worked in my life is when things I don't understand, release control, going into a Muna. And every single time I've seen blessings in that life. So we have to stop resisting these things. If you, you have, we're going to have pain in life. That's where you have a Muna. But your soul, Muna, and the way to know your Creator is through this. That means we should be majoring in Amuna and minoring in problems. And if you're minoring in, major, majoring in problems, it's because you're minoring in Amuna. And that's, it's that simple. I hate to make, I hate to make things so simple. <laughs> that's my job. And, I, and sometimes I find, unfortunately, with non-Jews, they just, they get it and they don't question Jew. They, they just have a, but the Jews, what do you mean? What kind of emunah? What does it say that? Blah, blah, blah. Which Rashi? Which Rashi? Thank you. Have a good day. Not for me. Stop being so complicated. Stop being so complicated. Rav Nachman said, black and white. The greatness is simplicity. Anything that's complicated, it's not emunah. It's not supposed to be so complicated. My marriage, let me tell you a story about my marriage. I have this, 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 this. How much time do you spend resenting your spouse? I don't know, 90% of the time. So how, what, do you, what, what do you expect? What do you expect? Do you don't think that when a person comes home, they feel that negative energy? That you're judging them? Is that something a person's going to run to come home to? Oh, what a lovely, can't wait to come home, to be judged again. Don't we postpone court dates? Right? We don't. We have to get out of judgment. 
We have to get our judgment. You're hurting, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself. Again, these, as working on myself, I can only tell you, it's not so complicated. I know the world looks super complicated. It's not that complicated. It's nothing. But you do need tefillah. You do need, you do need tefillah. You need a lot of zbotidut. You need a seder. You need that. And the rest, it's a process. It's a process. It's a process. And, we, we, and, and at the end of the day, I think Rabbi Nachman tells us black and white. Again, I hate to be so simple. So, Rabbi Nachman tells us that all chaos in our life comes from a state of disorder. Comes from when we're trying to take control of things. He talks about it in Lesson 82. All chaos in our lives is because we are not being humble. We're trying to control things. Where do we know this? We know this from Chava. Chava represents Lokiseder. She represents disorder. He says the solution is, and, and he takes it from, really from the Arizal, he takes 45, which is the name of Ma, humility, order, Chava is disorder, 19, all you have to do is put the 26 back in the picture. The ego edges guard out, put Hashem back in the picture. Humble up, have humility, and what happens? Everything goes back to order. It's like the missing Lego. We don't have to tear down the whole thing. Just put the Lego in the right place. But if we're too busy saying, why is it happening to me? Why is it this? We, we, can't, get the, we can't get that answer. That's the problem. We, we can't get the, 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 the answers in our lives because we're too busy fighting it. You know, we're too busy fighting because we have to stop fighting. Break down the walls. Break those gates in your lives. Break those gates. Open up your minds. Be open. Come in with no expectations. Let things go. And you'll see a tremendous amount of bracha. I, I can't, it's not, so, not supposed to be so complicated. When people tell me, let me tell you my story, I can learn. Let's rewrite the story. I don't want to tell, don't tell me. I want to rewrite the story. Because this story is getting us nowhere. Sometimes you have to tear things down and rebuild them. And, and I can only take this from Rabbi Kramer's and Rabbi Nachman's simple teachings. You have a problem with Shalom Bayit or Parnassah, Rabbi Nachman tells you in Lesson 9, it's because the quality of tefillah is no good. You're getting bad matches, bad tefillah. What do you need to do? Fix the tefillah. It comes down, remember guys, it's all spiritual issues. According to your theory is your therapy. If you are a heartaholic, it's because you're too busy, you're looking in the wrong place. And that's it. You're looking in the wrong place. Go back into the solution. Look at it. How can I see the situation consciously? Such as such an example. Let's say I'm in a situation of a controlling marriage or a controlling situation, situations like that. Okay. What's the dominant emotion in the marriage? Fear. So what is fear going to do? Again, where are you? Where have you been? Why are you treating me this way? How do you fix this? So remember, the first thing before you, t you tackle a problem, ask yourself, what's the consciousness that you're looking at? How are you entering that situation with what, with what consciousness? And that will give you greater results. 
And unfortunately, I'm going to be honest with you, normally your spouse is not going to be on the same program as you. So sometimes you're going to have to do more lifting than the other person. Sometimes you will have to. And you have to, a lot of people get that. You know, if somebody will say, listen, my spouse is on this level, I'm on this level. Okay, you have a great opportunity to pray for more. More lakapsut, more love instead of judgment. It hurts. But your creator, you're not in this world to be comfortable. You're in this world to grow. And you will see when you have the right formulas and the right game plans and the right situations, you will be, you will be able to win in most areas of your lives. But you have to go in there with the right theory. If the theory is spiritual, the therapy will be spiritual. But if the theory is only details, you're going to get the wrong therapy. And if you get the wrong therapy, psychologist all day long, this, 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 that, without changing yourself. And you will get no results. I always said this many times. You go to a therapist, they tell you what the issue is to help you work with it. You still need to work on yourself with God to help you with it. It's not enough. We think, oh, just go to therapy, it'll be enough. No, they allocate the issue. Then you have to work on self-esteem. Then you have to work on bring, finding good points in yourself, building yourself up. It's not enough just to say, I need to go to this. If it was that easy, you could, everybody would be healed. It would be healed already if it was that easy. It's not that easy. It's to get you to, to encourage you, but you still have to do the work. You still have to do the work. You're bringing up a beautiful and important language. You're bringing up an important chiluk between um, certainty as bitachon or emnah as bitachon. What's the difference? Is that people think that in order to really have emunah, I have to know that what I'm doing is the right thing and it's going to work. And that's a, like you say from the non-Jewish world, there's more of this, you need this, this is your fix, you will see how it all, this is what you need. And this is going to work the way that you envision it, like envision your future, and it's gonna happen to you like that. Whereas you were saying, a person with a higher state of consciousness and living with a real sense of emunah, <coughs> magnetism, comes to you, things you weren't even aware of, things you, things you didn't dare to dream of, and things you weren't even aware of. I see that with the Chavar and the Shul, that sometimes when people allow themselves to not judge, which is very threatening to the ego, right. but when they do that, the, the new friends they make, that they were st sitting next to someone in Shul for years, and then finally you realize, oh my God, this... What changed? What changed was that I, I actually trusted and didn't know exactly what it's going to feel like to be at your Shabbos table. Like sometimes people just don't invite people to their Shabbos table because they already imagine what it's going to look like. What are we going to talk about? What we do have in common, we don't have in common. And I'm so proud of some of our chaverim that they, it's a, they, go, they go past that thing of this is what it's going to look I don't know what it's going to look like. But I have a that if Hashem put us in this world together, we're going to discover something that didn't exist before. But what I want to uh, say is that I think that is really the headquarters of Eretz Israel. Mm. Why so? Because when the first time that we're introduced to Eretz Israel in Torah, it's basically Hashem saying, this is the land which I will show you. It's called Asher Arneka. Mm. Now, I will show you doesn't 
is not a description of what to expect. Asher Areka means stick with me and you'll keep on being blown away moment after moment if you stick with me. You'll be so proud of yourself that you freed yourself from all the expectations of what it should be. And I know you have a lot of chefs that are longing to come to Israel here in America, uh, a dime, still. And um, those of us that have been privileged to move here and live here understand that uh, sometimes it takes a few airport, you know, things like this, some, some wax, that this land is called Asher Areka. If you're not Mevutal, if Bittu is not part of the program that's over it, here. Yeah. And that's why Eretz Yisrael is called Eretz Kinan, it's Machnia, you, we can all attest to that. It's Machnia, it, it, but in a, in a beautiful way. Yeah. Because the only way to be on the receiving end of living a life of Asher Areka, where Hashem is saying, come, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you who you are, I'm going to show you what we are, I'm going to show you what this whole world is like. To me, uh, I, what I was learning from your beautiful words right now is that it's so important to make the distinction between, to understand what bitachon means. Bitachon doesn't mean this is going to work out the way that I perceive it. Bitachon means this is going to plan out the way Hashem Barach wants to see it and I'm going to be shalem with it. And and I don't have to worry. And I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry. It's, we, we make that, and I, I couldn't help but crack up while you were mentioning about how we make things so complicated. Recently, I heard Ben Shapiro quote Reb Shlomo Karbach, which was And he said, because he said it happens to him, he goes to college campuses, and he always knows who's a Jew. Why? Who are the ones that identify as Christian? Everyone's a Jew. The guys that are identifying as Mutzedek. Those that are identifying as humanitarians, uh, anything but I'm a Jew, those are the Jews. <laughs> right? We take such, we, we make it, we make it complicated because we can't really believe that just by being a Yehudi Pashut that says, I'm just going to follow the Hitzot of the Tzadikim, that that could actually be the deepest thing. We overcomplicate everything, everything. So, um, I, I once saw that uh, Mendel Rimenov said that the Torah is called Eitz Chaim Milishon Eitzot Tovot Lechaim Mitzchim. That an Eitz, a tree is from the Lashon Eitzar, advice, advice. So the, the Torah that we learn hopefully should be Eitzot Tovot Lechaim Mitzchim. And I know that you're drawing all your, all your Torah from the, the world that Rebchaim has provided for so many of us. Um, but I, before we take questions, I just want to give you a bracha Amen. that you should continue to live the Eitz Chaim in your own life because everyone is benefiting <sighs> from it. Everyone is receiving Eitzot Tovot Lechaim Mitzchim. Practical advice to live a life of consciousness. That's what Chaim Mitzchim is, a life of consciousness that's beyond time and space. So thank you so much. Thank you so much.